0: This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Getting laid off was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So back in 2020, I was working for IBM and we entered the pandemic. And as the pandemic started, all of my speaking engagements that I had both internally for IBM and externally outside for my own business were instantly canceled. I forget what date that was in March, but March something 2020 everybody canceled their events. And all of a sudden, it was clear that I had nothing really going on in terms of my speaking business, which was finally starting to really take off and probably the biggest way it had ever taken off. And so it wasn't, while it really sucked, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, because it's not like I lost my full-time job. I still had my day job at IBM. And that was something that, you know, I was Not 1000% in love with the day job part of it, but the things that I did at IBM on the side, which were, I had other responsibilities like serving as an executive coach, training other people on how to become coaches inside of the company, and also delivering some training sessions and speaking engagements inside the company. These were things that I absolutely loved and enjoyed. And even though the day job was not the greatest situation or scenario, the work I was doing in all of those other activities made up far and above anything any anything that was missing in the day job. And so as we started to go through the first few months of the pandemic, I started to think about even in my day job, how do I reinvent what I do? I mean, our team was based on hosting events outside in like person. And then all of a sudden, we weren't able to do any of that. And so I had to find other ways to do that. So I started to pivot our events into online events. I started to work with some of the channels that we had already created on some platforms. And we started to find speakers that could come in and talk and all of that. And, you know, we were starting to build that audience. I think during between March and April or March and maybe end of April or something around that time, we were able to double or triple the audience that we had following us on some of these channels where we would host most of our technical training sessions, and so you know I was finding my way during the pandemic, even with a day job that I wasn't fully in love with. But then in May twenty uh, May twenty twenty, I think it was like the twentieth of May, it happened. I I got a call, and actually it was an appointment that was booked the day before. I think it was so. I think on Thursday, I received a notice from the director of my organization, and this person was not my manager. He was actually my manager's manager, and I got an I got an invite to speak with him at 9 a.m. my time. Now, he was based in LA or San Francisco, and I was based in New York, and so I thought to myself, well, this is weird. If it's 9 a.m. my time, it's 6 a.m. his time wow this must be pretty urgent i guess so i wonder what it is maybe it's a project he needs me to work on you know so i mean i the last thing i thought was that i was getting a call to get laid off and so i thought all right let's get on this zoom call and so 9 a.m on a friday i got on a zoom call and right away i could just look at his face and i could see that something was up i couldn't really of course know exactly what was up until he used said the words but I I could tell that something was on his mind. He did not look good. And, you know, he asked me, you know, how are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm great. You know, we're, our team is kicking ass. We're, we're getting, we're, we're growing our following. Our events are starting to draw more people. Things are great. Uh, how are you doing? You don't look too good. And, you know, uh, he couldn't crack a smile of any kind. Uh, well, of course, because he knew what news he had to deliver to me. And then he did it. You know it was pretty straightforward it's nothing too crazy because it's not like he had to find the words the words were already written for him these are standard corporate words that some lawyer probably wrote and he had to read a script a script that i'm guessing he had to read several times that day so you know i mean maybe i was the first i don't know maybe he even got started before me for all i know but he read the script i heard the news i thought to myself Okay. Wow. Uh, I wasn't even sure, honestly, how to respond. I was, the first thing I thought, as as weird as it sounds, was I I didn't know how I was going to say goodbye to the coaching community at IBM. All of the folks that I had been working with in the coaching world at IBM, because that's where I drew all of my fulfillment at IBM. It was working with that community. And I thought to myself, how will I ever say goodbye to them? The day job i mean i was not really a big fan of and so it was it still sucked because of course it's where the salary was attached so i knew that part was going to suck but it was the it was the it was my work with the as an executive coach at the company that really made me i mean stop in my track I, i i felt a bit heartbroken that i had to say goodbye to them and so as he continued to read from the script and tell me what the terms were, one of the terms, by the way, was that I would get 30 days in the company. So I'm still at the company for 30 more days or four more weeks. And, I, and then I would receive three months of severance on top of those 30 days. So, you know, nothing out of this world, um, but quite cool, quite good, I think. I, I was happy with it. And I thought it was fair, you know, it wasn't anything too bad. Um, Plus at the time, because the pandemic was, you know, the, I mean, this was the first pandemic of our lifetimes, this, they included a a full year of company sponsored health insurance. He continued to read the terms and I thought, all right, I have 30 days and I'm just trying to process all of this. I, 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 I'm not sure at the moment, it's like, you're in shock, right? You don't know to be mad, upset or anything. A lot of weird things race to your head. You're also trying to capture all of this information. I'm trying to take notes down because I figure that this is uh, something I should remember. But then he tells me at the end that all of this is going to be sent to me. Um, the last thing he said was that he goes, with these 30 days, I don't want you to worry about the work. Uh, I, I, I want you to worry about you. Take the next few days to simply hand off everything you have, hand it off, and and just you're done. Um, I will talk to your manager. I will make sure that you have no other responsibilities. I want you to focus the remaining four weeks on you and figuring out what you're going to do, which I have to admit, just an incredible gesture from him because he didn't have to do that. You know, there were like 10,000 people who were laid off with me and they did not all receive that opportunity to have those weeks to themselves to be able to process and then start paving the way for the next opportunity in their career, i.e. looking for another job. He gave me that time. I thanked him. I said, I I appreciate that. I I mean, I've never been laid off in this particular manner, so I didn't know how it usually works. But I figured this is not the kind of uh, gesture that's extended to most people. This is not the kind of opportunity that's extended to most people who are getting laid off and they have another month to go at the company. We ended the call. I think I I tried to even leave the call on a a cheerful note. I'm almost like really trying to cheer him up because I could just see in his face. I mean, he looked like this is the last thing he ever wanted to do and and while I suppose I could be mad at him or whatever and wonder what role he played in 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 me being the one who got laid off from my team or whatever at the end of the day this guy is human and i can't imagine there's a scenario where he wakes up and he's thinking i can't wait to make a call make all these calls and lay off all these people i think that it was pretty rough for him to, to have to deliver that news. Obviously these are decisions he also didn't make probably at the highest levels. You know, he was just told, Hey, you know, certain number of people have to go and that's just the way it is. He did the job that he had to do. And, you know, I, I, I try to leave as cheery as possible. And I, I think I even told him it, it's all right, man. It's, it's cool. It is what it is. And, and, you know, I'll figure it out. And, and I really believe that I really believed because in life, you know, if you think about, some of the toughest moments you've had. And you look back in the moment, you probably didn't think you could figure it out, but I bet you when you look back, you realize, well, I did figure it out. I, you know, took me some time, but I I found the solution. And so I thought the same will probably apply here. I just can't see it yet. I don't know exactly how it will unfold, but I do know that it usually works out. So why wouldn't it, why would it be any different this time around? And so I went ahead and I, got off the phone with him. And I thought, gosh, what do I do now? I mean, I was sitting at home, we were working virtually. So I'm sitting at home. And that means that I am, you know, on my own working, wondering, who do I tell? It's not like I can lean over and or go back to my desk and, you know, go tell my teammates or anything like that. So that was a little bit awkward and weird. But I was able to Take a moment, luckily, because I was home to really just take a few deep breaths, go out for a walk. And then I'm pretty sure I called my wife first and she was living in Europe at the time. And, and so, you know, it was what time? Probably like in the afternoon, early after early afternoon, her time. And I called her up and I told her what happened and she thought I was joking because I I've probably pulled this joke on her at some point in the past where I called her and I, I said this happened and I was just like, oh, I'm just kidding. And I do these kinds of jokes, which is probably, you know, in hindsight, not so great when it really actually is a truth, but I told her, no, it's, it's, it's for real. It's legit. I, I was laid off. I'll happily show you all the documents. And you know, so she was pissed and and pissed you know on my behalf and you know pissed at the company and all of that and so i appreciated that i told my parents they didn't believe me either again i joke around a lot so uh, i i guess this made it really hard to deliver this bad news or tell people about this bad news that happened because nobody believed it was actually happening and then i told them what happened and you know it was nice they were there for me and i'm really glad i took those first steps that those were the first things i did when that happened which was to you know lean on my family and, and go to you know people who i love and love me and just tell them about what happened and get it off my chest just to hear myself say it out loud and you know it helps you make it a little bit more real because it is surreal for a moment when you're not even sure if this actually happened are you in a bad dream is this a covid dream of some kind or you know who knows what was happening and so i i called them And I really cannot remember what I did the rest of the day, but I know one of the things I did was to reach out to my dearest mentor at the company. I contacted her and I said, Hey, I'd love to talk. If you have some time today, I'd really appreciate it. And I think she was traveling that day or something. So it was not an easy day for her to reach out to me, but she did. And I think maybe between flights for all I know, but she reached out to me and she called me and said, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And she was the kind of person that if I told her it was a 911 situation, then she would say she'll make time. And so she did and i i told her what happened and she was pissed (laughs) on my behalf as well which i appreciated and that was a nice feeling but then she said something that really changed everything and this is you know so imagine this is friday evening now so i've been sitting on this news for the day processing what's going to happen how this is going to impact my life um, and my wife's life and everything we're doing and what we're trying to do to be together And, you know, the immigration process that we're going through for her to come to the U.S., all of these things are on my mind. I mean, that's where I'm really thinking about. I'm honestly not Mm -hmm. even worried about me as much as I am worried about those around me that this will affect. And I talked to Jennifer and she she says, I'm not worried about you. And and I thought, but (laughs) say more. (laughs) I'm thinking in my mind, I want to hear the rest of this. She goes, no, I'm not worried about you because. You have reinvented yourself in the past. You have been out there and have found a way somehow. You, you find something you're interested in, you run some experiments, and then you go and bring some idea to life. And you've done that in so many ways. You've gone from selling commercial refrigeration to becoming a math teacher at an all-girls school for middle school girls. I mean, that's kind of a weird pivot to make, but you made it because you found a way. And so I know you're going to find a way. But she said, I'm more concerned about... The other people who've been laid off with you, you know, the 10,000 or so that have been laid off as well, because for many of them, IBM has been their only employer, IBM has been their only career. And if not that, it's been one of their longest careers. And because of that, it's going to make it really hard for them to reinvent themselves and chart a new path when they get out there, especially in the middle of a pandemic, especially in the middle of a lockdown situation where the world is still mostly on lockdown. Nothing is happening in person. There's no vaccine yet in sight. And this is going to be a really difficult challenge. This would be difficult if everything was normal and there was no pandemic. So imagine now with a pandemic, this is going to be even more difficult. And she said, I want you to find a way to help those folks for the next 30 days. I want you to use the next 30 days that you have been gifted. I want you to give those back to to this group of people. And I'm thinking in my mind, how am I going to help these people? How am I going to find them? She said, You know, you're, I mean, I guess she sensed what I was saying or thinking, but I, or what I was thinking because, you know, she goes, Look, you have a special skill set. You have a special experience. You're an executive coach. So you know how to coach people. You're a teacher. You know how to teach. You know, you've been through this. You've walked this journey. So you know how to walk this journey. You've been fired or laid off before. You have always figured it out. So I want you to teach people how to start charting their way forward after this very difficult and, what could be devastating moment. I said, okay. The thing that was most amazing about her saying that was that I felt this like purpose come over me. See, what she really gifted me in that moment was purpose. She had blessed me with purpose that I could shift my focus to something greater than myself, something outside of myself, more importantly, that I could shift my attention to, shift my focus, shift any anger whatever i was feeling i could shift it in this new direction and go find a solution for someone else even in this difficult moment and so i i went i started working on this i started thinking about it that weekend i started thinking about what could i do for these folks could i whip up a course for them i don't know if that's it i felt like the this kind of thing right you've been laid off we've got 4 weeks together I feel like interaction is going to be key. Community is going to be key. We need to be together in some way. But how do I do that? You know, I mean, I could do it in a course, but if I do it in a course, then they're going to be listening to me the entire time. So that's not going to really do a lot. And so I had just learned earlier that year about this concept called masterminds. And I took a course where I learned even how to facilitate them and how to, how to organize, design, organize, and facilitate them. Maybe this is the solution because a mastermind is a unique opportunity where I can weave in a little bit of teaching, I can leave a lot of room for community building. I can leave a lot of room for supporting each other, leaning on each other, and really tapping into the collective intelligence of the group i can I can use breakout rooms and zoom, or so I thought I think a mastermind is it, and then I started thinking, what do I call this mastermind something? that signals that this is an opportunity not to look backwards and be pissed but to look forward and to start charting a new path in our lives. And so that was the moment that the word reinvention hit me in this way. Now here's something that's really interesting. It's 2020 and I and the word reinvention hits me and I decided that this is going to be the reinvention mastermind. That was it. I think I had a tagline that said something along the lines of this is an opportunity or the, or this is the space to look forward. I started putting the word out. I didn't really know how to advertise it though because there's no list of who got laid off. IBM didn't publish a list of people who had all been laid off. And so there was nowhere I could go and actually look. And if I asked anybody in senior level positions, they wouldn't tell me either. So how do you market an event to a list of people that is not is not made publicly available? And imagine being one of these people. Would you self-identify? Would you say, hey, Raising my hand over here, I got laid off. No, it turns out a lot of people had a hard time even telling their teams. And who's going to raise their hand publicly and say, "Hey, random guy that I don't know, who's launching this thing called the Reinvention Mastermind? I'm one of these laid off people. Can I be part of your little club?" I didn't think anybody. I, this is going to be hard. I have no idea how to do this. How do I reach these people? I started off with a few things. I I reached out to some of my network and I said, "Hey, if you know of anybody who got laid off, it'd be awesome if you could let." those folks know that I'm running this thing. I've got an invite thing. Just send me their email address and I'll add them to my invitation. And so I started doing that. Not much came through, but I started coming up with other ideas and I won't go into them here in this episode, but I did come up with a lot of different ideas for marketing this internally. The one that ultimately worked was I went straight to the new president of the company. I looked him up in the system and I found who his chief of staff was. And I reached out and I asked, hey, can you help me get Jim's support for this thing I started? And she said, I can't promise anything. I'm not sure he would do this. It might be weird or whatever, but I said, i just ask. I mean, I'd appreciate it if you can put it in front of me. It it would go a long way to helping a lot of people out in this company who are going through a really difficult time right now. Long story short, it got to him. I got no message that he accepted it or that he was going to support it or anything like that, except that I found out when he, so every Friday he recorded like a five to 10 minute video, kind of three big ideas from the week, three things that were on his mind. And one of them was this reinvention mastermind. So he ended up supporting it. And once he put that out there, shared it in his Slack channel, shared it in those videos, he then linked my name and told everybody and the link that I had given him for people to register for the mastermind and it just absolutely blew up i think at its peak we had 750 members uh 750 ibmers who had been laid off who joined it i had to upgrade my zoom account um which i you know i'll admit now i charged to the company credit card but i upgraded it on my way out and i just to accommodate 500 people on one zoom meeting Because here's the thing, I didn't want it to be webinar style. I didn't want it to be one way. I wanted it to be a two-way thing. I I had no idea what it was going to be like to facilitate a a meeting of 500 people who could at any point speak up, (laughs) you know, say something, maybe say something inappropriate or be upset or whatever. I don't know, like anything could happen here. And at times I'll admit it was really hard to manage this group, but rightfully so there were 500 people on a call. So it was going to happen, but it was a blast. It was some of the most rewarding experiences I had ever had at IBM. And I did some really amazing things at IBM. I had the opportunity to serve so many people as a coach, serve so many people as a coach educator. And this moment was easily the most fulfilling, even above all those moments that just brought so much fulfillment and and joy and love into my heart. This was it. And I just thought this feels so good. Wow. I, who would have thought that being laid off would feel so amazing. And the reason, it wasn't because of the layoff, it was because I shifted my attention to a purpose that was outside of myself. And that's what made the impact. That's what made the difference. And so I started to create content for them. I started to create different ideas for like how I could help them with some strategies and practices. But then the most important thing I did was open it up to groups. I broke up, I created a Zoom breakout group rooms and and had people connect with each other share with each other strategize next steps and moves and things like that and that I think was where really the magic happened you know the 30 days came and went and on the last day we did one group call together where I said let's you know all close our laptops for the last time because as you can imagine they were going to turn off all of our access everything was going to shut off you know instantaneously at a certain moment. So I said, let's let's do that on our terms. Let's all close our laptops at the same time. Let's have this one last call. And it was a beautiful call because it was three hours long. And it was uh, we just everyone I I, the, the theme I had for that session was I want everyone or anybody who wants to to just share like a beautiful story about your time at IBM. Because I thought, you know, wouldn't it be really special to leave on a grateful note to leave on a beautiful note and a beautiful memory rather than just say, F this company, screw them. These jerks, they laid me off after decades of you know service. They just throw me out on the street like nothing during a pandemic. I mean, yeah. While maybe to some extent, yeah, that's true. They did do that. You know, you did work for 30 years and they threw you out in a worst moment that we've lived in our lives, but that doesn't mean we have to leave. With that thought in mind, we can leave in another way. We can leave on our terms. And so we did that together. We shared beautiful stories. It was a really great meeting. I, I thought it'd be an hour, but it ended up being three, three and a half hours. And then and then we all closed our laptops for the last time. And you know, a few hours later, everything shut down. No emails worked. Everything was completely disconnected. And that was it. And I knew that I had figured out what I was going to do with the next chapter of my life. I realized this is what I want to do. I want to find a way to help people reinvent themselves maybe from moments like this like a layoff maybe from maybe by choice maybe they've left a company or thinking about leaving a company or they just want to begin pivoting inside of a company whatever it is I just thought this feels so right this feels so good this little experiment you know little or not little however you want to look at it but this 30 day experiment ended up becoming the experiment that helped me, the validation that helped me see what would be possible in the next chapter of my life. And thanks to this experiment, I was able to start moving forward with other ideas. You know, somebody in the group uh, thanked me in a note and said, and ended the note by saying, you've got a book in you. I hope you write it. And and I can't even help but get emotional right now thinking about that because I, 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 I just thought, wow, like maybe I do. And and I did write one. Um, I started writing one it, just a little over a year later. I started writing one after she shared that message with me. And it was, it, it, and it came from that group, but I, I got on a path and I started working towards figuring out what I could do with my life. And so I, I came up with a name for what maybe the business could be. Uh, I called it the School of Reinvention. I didn't know what it was. I mean, was I a course academy? Was I coaching? Was I a book? Was I an accelerator program or some kind of mastermind? I have no idea. There's so many of these formats out there and I didn't know which one was right for me. And I just got out there and I started trying to figure it out. And straight up, it was a journey that from summer of 2020 through summer of this year, 2023, it has now finally become really clear what it is through lots of experiments, loads of experiments that I have run since then, including things like, finishing some, including writing a book that, you know, hit bestseller lists on three different categories, uh, launching a podcast, launching a newsletter, writing more to my blog, creating lots of really great content. I mean, all of these things happened along the way. I coached dozens of people on this particular topic. I mean, in my life, I've coached over 3000 people in different areas, but in this particular area of reinvention, I had only started in the summer of 2020. And I started working with some folks and clients and, you know, I was able to serve uh, about a couple dozen on this on this particular challenge. And I learned so much through all of those activities. I delivered keynotes. Um, I remember I delivered book talks while I was still writing the book. Um, I I actually created a fake cover, had it printed and then put it on another book. And then I just took that book with me on the road. And I delivered book talks as if I had a book and I just say, sign up for a list and I'll reach out when the book is actually out, but it's really not ready. This is a prototype. There's not even a real book uh, or it is a real book. It's just somebody else's book. It's my fake cover on a, on somebody else's book. I did all of these things in service of trying to get to know this problem better, trying to get to know the customers better. And, and I learned so much in those three years and I feel like, you know, here I am now and it's. October of 2023. And we've never been, and I can say probably now it's a week because we now have a team and we've never been so clear on the customer, the problem and the mission and what we can do for people. And so this podcast is a part of that ultimate solution. We really believe that creating a content platform, that a content platform is the solution because see the thing with reinvention is that there's no two reinventions that are ever alike And the reason for that is because everyone starts from a different place. You and I can both decide that we're going to reinvent ourselves into, I don't know, a YouTuber or a a pet shop owner or a hairstylist. It doesn't really matter. But you and I probably come from different places, uh, different careers, different backgrounds, different sets of experiences with different skills. And when you take all of that into consideration, if you think about reinvention and put it on a map, like we're going from point A to point B, the thing is that our starting points are different. And so... If we both have different starting points, even if we're going to the same destination, the path is going to be very different for each of us. And so because of that, no two reinventions are ever the same. And because no two reinventions are the same, that means there's no course I could ever build and tell you that in one course, I can help you reinvent yourself. No, I thought that was the case. And I tried to build that course. And I tried a lot of different types of courses. And I could not figure it out because there was no way of figuring it out. There is no one course because there is no one size fits all path to go from where you are to where you want to be in terms of a massive reinvention. You know, if you want to go from one type of marketer to another, there's probably a path. But when it comes to going from, you know, commercial refrigerations to becoming a middle school math teacher, no, there is no one size fits all path, especially when you decide you want to do it on your terms, in your way, in your unique way. Uh, following who you really are and acknowledging that and honoring that, that actually adds, you know, maybe a little bit, a few more twists and turns to the path that could never be predicted by some instructor. And so, you know, one thing that I can promise you right now, here we are, October, 2023, when I'm recording this, I promise you that I will never, ever, ever like produce a course that says this course will teach you how to reinvent yourself. Heck no, that I will never be possible. I could build courses that would teach you certain parts of the journey, maybe how to launch a reinvention project, maybe how to prepare for a reinvention, maybe how to clarify your goals or maybe how to like review your plan or how to come up with the next five steps at best. Those are the things that I could do and maybe other challenges. Maybe here's how you could, Um, you know, reinvent yourself into a particular type of function that I have done, but acknowledging that there are certain things that I did that made sense for me because of my unique path, knowing that that may not be the case for you. But of course, I'll do my best to find those things that, uh, that, that apply to most or are most relatable or transferable. But either way, there will never be a course that is a one size fits all for all types of reinvention. And because of that, there has to be another way. It's not a course and it's not a book even. And by the way, I will continue to write books. I'm already working on a second book. And those books will be on different aspects of reinvention. The second book, the first book is really about the courage to reinvent yourself. The second book will most likely be around, at least where it currently stands, the, the, the science and the art of reinvention. I'm not mapping out a path that is the only path, the definitive path to reinvention. No, I'm not gonna do that. The books will be there for certain points in the journey. Maybe I'll launch um, an accelerator program. Again, it will be to accelerate you through one part of the journey, not the entire journey. There's really nothing that I can create in that way. Coaching, I mean, I will always be there as a coach because coaching is something that I absolutely love. It is one of the most, I think, aligned forms of expression that I have. It's one of the ways that I feel I am at my best in terms of serving others is when I'm coaching or teaching. And so this for me is something that I will always find a way and I will always be happy. To coach somebody on their journey to reinvention, but never will I say, let me be your coach for the whole journey to reinvention because I may not be the best person for the entire journey, but I could be the right person for a part of your journey or maybe a very similar kind of reinvention that that resembles my particular reinvention. I can definitely coach you through moments, through projects, through hurdles and challenges that you will run into along the way. And that is something that I look forward to doing as a coach. But again, none of those things are an ultimate solution. None of those will make a comprehensive impact on the journey. You know, if it was something like how to build a website or how to become an online coach or how to become an online course creator or whatever it might be, these are things that have a definitive path. I can actually prescribe something. I could say there's 10 steps. Here they are. Follow them. Let's do them together. However, I can't do that with reinvention because, again, no two reinventions are the same. And so to that end, we believe that content is the way to do it. Have you ever watched a video or seen a post, read a quote that just hit you in a moment in the day where you really needed it? And you thought to yourself, I needed to read that or I needed to see that video like today. And maybe you even took that extra step of letting the creator know that made an impact in your day. What we realized was that doing all of this research and getting to know our customers so well is that the real challenges to reinvention happen at any time in the day. It could be waking up in the morning feeling like limiting beliefs are eating you alive. It could be the middle of the day getting to you because let's say you, you you suffered a setback, something that looked like it was working. You got a call, it's not gonna work out. And you just got that punch in the gut and you weren't expecting it. You really thought it was gonna work and, and it was moving you in the direction of your reinvention and now it's set you back. Or maybe it's the end of a long day at your day job and something really went badly in your day job and you're starting to feel negative about everything, including your side hustle, your reinvention, whatever you're doing, your reinvention project on the side. And you're just like, I, maybe, maybe I've made a mistake. Maybe this is not the right thing. Maybe I should just stay put, stay where I am, enjoy my salary, thank the company for my salary, thank them for this opportunity in this role, and just be grateful for what I have. I mean, it makes sense, right? Be grateful for what you have it seems like it makes sense it's it's a positive thing normally but in this case you know i think that this is where i can help somebody tell i can remind them that through content through stories through interviews with other people and getting their stories through lessons that i've learned lessons that i have discovered reading books wherever i might have found it or following other folks and learning from them I could bring that to people, our company, the School of Reinvention can bring that to people in different forms, in articles, in YouTube shorts, in reels, in LinkedIn posts, in podcasts, in YouTube videos, in so many formats, and we can meet you there at that moment in the day when you got that punch in the gut or when you got kicked when you were down or when you felt totally defeated at the end of the day. We can be there for you in a post, in a video, in an article, whatever it might be, so that you could feel like I needed that right now. I needed to see that. I needed to read that. I needed to hear that. I needed to feel that. I needed to feel validated, and I just have been, and I'm ready to go. I'm getting back up, and I'm going to figure this out. And this is the path that we're on right now, but it all goes back to this layoff. As crazy as it sounds, it was this one moment, this one call on like a Friday at nine a.m. from a director who had to deliver a script to me. Um, you know that 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 was a really scary script to hear, but but it it paved the way and and it didn't do it accidentally. I had to take steps and I also needed people. I needed Jennifer to to issue that challenge, to challenge me, to give me purpose, the gift of purpose and to shift all of my attention to helping others. Uh, That's what put me in a position to be able to start thinking. See, one of the challenges is when you get laid off or something devastating like that happens to you, you are all in your head. I mean, your thoughts are racing at a million miles an hour, and they are eating you alive. They're eating your spirit. They're eating your soul. They're eating your positive mindset alive because they're having their way with you at that moment. And that's the problem. But there is a cure to that. There's a way around that. And it's to get out of our heads. And the fastest way to get out of our heads is to shift our focus to helping others. Because the moment you help others, You are by definition out of your own head. And now you're into something else. You're into serving. And when you start serving, you can't. You have no capacity. You have no time. You have no bandwidth to think about yourself and to think about why did this happen to me? What did I do wrong? Or, you know, screw these people and being angry. All of those things. You don't have bandwidth for that anymore because you know what? You've got to serve. You've got to help these folks. And you've got to shift your attention and keep it there in order to do a good job. And that was the key. And so all of these things together put me in a position to be able to have this idea, to have this breakthrough. But I can tell you right now, if my head was full of negative thoughts, if my head was full of all of these limiting beliefs and anger and all of this stuff running through my head, there's no way I would have had the bandwidth to come up with the school of reinvention, to come up with the reinvention mastermind. There's no way. I never would have been able to do that. And I never would have been able to deliver it in an effective way if I even had thought about it. And so... It was by shifting my focus to serving others that I was able to get out of my own head. So if you're going through something right now, if you're listening to this and you're going through a difficult moment right now, I'm going to tell you the fastest way to cure that. The fastest way to do that is to get out of your head. And the fastest way to get out of your own head is to go serve others. Go focus on someone else. You know, the craziest thing is you think that in this moment, you need to focus on you you need to take care of yourself. That's usually what we're told. We're usually given this advice that in these moments, you got to take care of number one, that's you. You got to look out for yourself. You got to figure this out. I got to focus on me right now. I got to get another job. I got to go do this or I got to, whatever it is I have to do, whatever the problem might have been, I got to go take care of me, but I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to say, no, no, don't take care of you right away. Don't take care of you. You will take care of you just in an indirect way. You're going to do it by serving others. And when you serve others, you're going to create the bandwidth to actually take care of yourself in the best possible way. This moment was a blessing in my life, one that I will never change. If I had to repeat 2020 over and over again for the rest of my life, I would never change the layoff. I would make sure that that layoff was in there every single time because it gifted me this opportunity. It was a blessing. It was life happening for me, not to me. And I really believe that. And, and, and when bad things happen, I always try to think, how is this happening for me rather than to me? And in that moment, it was no different. Life was happening for me. Please, if you are going through a moment like this, whatever the moment might look like for you, a difficult breakup, I've been there, difficult divorce, I've been there, all of these moments, whatever they are, whatever it is that is setting you back right now, the punch in the gut, the kick while you're down, whatever it is, right now, find a way to go serve someone else. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your partner, maybe it's your family member, maybe it's your parents, whoever it might be, go serve, go help. Maybe it's a community that you're a part of, Maybe it's a community near you. It doesn't matter. Just go serve. And I promise you, the bandwidth will be created. The the energy, the state, everything you need will be created so that you can get back on track with what you need to do. You will have better ideas. You will have better motivation, better inspiration, and better energy. Get out there and go find a way to serve. And I promise you that you will be able to take any difficult moment and work it and make it work for you so that it can become the greatest moment in your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.